0: This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily show all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor.
1: And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan, and it's the second time in 14 months or so that we're in the same studio.
0: And it's so lovely to be with you, but please don't breathe on me because we're still not vaccinated. Can we talk about the vaccine rollout? And just, it feels like every date and every milestone has completely gone out the window now.
1: Yeah, and the Prime Minister over the weekend on social media implied that the tar- there were no targets anymore, that the government wasn't going to commit to targets.
0: So if we have no targets, then how do we know what to expect? How do we know how to keep people accountable? When can we expect to be reopening our borders to other nations? It's, it's a pretty demoralising place to be when we know that vaccines work and they're meant to be on their way, but we just don't know when.
1: Well, and last night's 7.30, uh, you know, one of the speakers made the point that without a target, you don't have a plan. You've got to set targets to actually have a plan. And it's actually not impossible. Um, I did the maths on this. No doubt our much cleverer Chronicast audience will pull me up on it. But back of the envelope, there are 12 million people aged between 15 and 50 in Australia. And about 8.4 million people aged over 50. So let's just take those to begin with, and let's just include in those the high, pro, you know, the people over 50 who are in the high priority group. So that's included in, the, in that in that number. They they get the the Astra. And by the way, the who American, gets the
0: Astra? The older people. The
1: older people. And by the way, the American trial of Astra showed that it was very effective, and the British data from the from Scotland, or Public Health Scotland, Public Health England show that it's pretty good at pre- preventing um, severe disease and death. If you then said only those people over 50 get the Astra vaccine, we produce a million a week, that's eight weeks for the first dose. I mean, it's as simple as that. And you find a way to actually get a million doses out a week. And probably you're going to have to use high throughput centers from the states as well as general practice. Just get it out there. And then it's another three months after that that you go bump again and you push out another 8 million doses. So then there's 12 million people between 15 and 50. Now, we've ordered 20 million Pfizer already before they added on the extra 20 million. Pfizer told 730 that there's no problem with supply. Well, there clearly is a problem with supply. Um, we're not getting enough quickly enough. And if we've got enough quickly enough, that first 20 million is almost enough to immunise the 12 million people between 15 and 50. But you're almost certainly going to have to do that in high-throughput mass vaccination centres. You can't afford to waste any Pfizer vaccine. And although it's easier to handle than people thought in terms of you can put them in an ordinary freezer for a couple of weeks, not minus 70, you don't want a a small general practice to get to the end of the day and have Pfizer doses left over and nowhere to go with them. So you need these high-throughput centres as well. And that you can do that. Now, what we've been saying on CoronaCast now for about three weeks is the government should have been stopping giving Pfizer to aged care and reserving it just in case this came through with Astra in terms of a real risk, which in fact it did. Nobody would have come to any harm because Astra is just as effective in those elderly people. Now, what I've just discovered is that the federal government is continuing to give our Pfizer to aged care, first doses. So that is just... um, So we're, in a sense don't take me wrong on this, we're wasting the Pfizer doses on aged care when they could be reserved for doctors, nurses, aged care workers under the age of 50 who urgently need to get that and then other people under 50. And we do this in parallel with the Astra rollout.
0: So is, Pfizer just, is AstraZeneca just as effective in elderly people as Pfizer? Because I don't know that I've heard those numbers before.
1: It's not far off. Pfizer is still a bit more effective, but it's not much difference between Pfizer and Astra when Astra is 12 weeks apart.
0: So finally, Norman, yesterday, the chief medical officer couldn't really tell us for sure whether or not we were going to be vaccinated by the end of the year. What's your take?
1: Well, it's about the will to do it. We should have enough Astra to immunise everybody over 50. So it'll get done, but you should be able to get done by June, early July. Then it's July, August, September. So end of September, beginning of October, you get the second dose. Highest risk people should be fully immunised by about October then it's the people under 50. And if we stop giving Pfizer to anybody over 50 and we only give it to people under 50 and we roll that out and then Novavax comes in hopefully sometime July, August and Pfizer actually increases the supply, they say there's no problem with supply. There is a problem with supply. They're not giving us enough, quickly enough. They're giving it to Israel. um, They're giving it to uh, New Zealand and they're giving it to other countries. Don't grudge them that, but they're not giving it to us. And if they increase the supply, then we could start immunising the other 12 million people in the 15 to 50 age group. And that's two doses, three weeks apart, and we could get that done. But that's going to require immense cooperation between GPs, federal government and state governments to actually just get that through the system. And, you know, again, it's if we can do a million a week of Astra, we could do a million a week of Pfizer and then, you know, just do the maths. That's 12 million, that's three months for the first dose, another three months for the second dose. That could be by the end of the year, if we got enough Astra into the country. They say they've given us a million so far. Uh, well, why not give us a million a week? Thank you very much.
0: If it's only going to take eight weeks to vaccinate that whole older, high risk population, is having the different phases, phase 1A, phase 1B, relevant? If you're just able to, let, let's say we sort of just chuck the Australian government's vaccine vaccine strategy out the window and just go, it's mass vaccination. And it's happening as soon as you can get to your local spot.
1: We're just too rigid. High priority people have got to get vaccinated and they're not. So 1A is still being vaccinated. 1B is still being vaccinated. You've got to push through and get that and find out ways of doing that. But that doesn't mean to say that you couldn't open up other vaccination centres for Astra to other people as well. So you do things in parallel. Rather than serially, what we're doing now is seriously, serially, we'll get one A and one B done. Hold on a second. We're not going to do anything else until that's done. Well, why wouldn't you just push on? And give everybody who wants Astra vaccine in that age group, give it to them and make sure you're immunising people in the high risk groups as well. Western Australia has come out and saying that they're not going to employ people in quarantine unless they've been immunised.
0: So while we're talking about AstraZeneca, Norman, this is something that we're getting questions about from a lot of people, including Jane, who says, "Okay, let me get this right. The reason AstraZeneca is for over 50s is not because it's safer for that age group, but it's because the risk of COVID-19 is higher and more serious in that age group. And Jane says, that doesn't really reassure me.
1: So what happens is two things are happening at the same time. And just imagine sort of two moving parts here. So one moving part is the risk of severe COVID disease, and the other moving part is the risk of clots. And why they chose 50 years of age as opposed to 30 in Britain is that the moving parts, the vaccine risk is greater than the COVID risk under the age of 50. And then at the age of 50, it swaps. And what happens is both are moving. So the risk of COVID goes up, serious COVID, severe COVID goes up. As you get older. As you get older. And the risk of the thromboembolism goes down. So both things are happening at the same time, according to current evidence. So we, there's no question the severity goes up and it looks as though there's quite a significant drop in the risk of thromboembolism. It doesn't disappear, but it gets much, much less after the age of 50. So it's two moving parts which get further and further apart. So it's not just one metric, which is the severity of COVID. It's also the risk of getting clots.
0: And then we've got Julia saying that only a few months ago, we were told that over 50s were advised not to have AstraZeneca and now they're saying it's okay and Julia's got her sceptical hat on saying is it because it's cheap Uh, there are no other resources to help us
1: I'm not aware of any advice not to give Astra to the over 50s unless I missed something
0: Uh, when it was first approved they were said it was sort of on the doctor's Ah, discretion for over 65
1: that's right so the in the in the initial trials they under-recruited the over-60s. And countries like, uh, I think it was South Africa initially, said they weren't going to withhold it for the over-65s. And some countries in Europe did that as well, which is one reason, by the way, why they think there may be an over-representation, over-representation of younger people in the thromboembolism because they've been using Astra in a younger group to start with On purpose. and not, <laughs> not immunising the old, older people in Europe. However... Um, they recruited more elderly people and they also in the American trial recruited an adequate number of older people and in that they showed that it was effective.
0: And so another question that we're getting a lot of from people who are in priority groups, uh, but they're younger. And people who are eligible for the Astra vaccination, they know it could be a long time before they're going to be vaccinated with Pfizer. And they're just wondering whether they should take the risk. So Ryan says, I'm a 34-year-old healthcare worker who was scheduled to receive my first dose of the AstraZeneca in a couple of weeks. Is it still possible for me to get it, even though it's not recommended in my age group? I would feel better getting it considering we're heading into winter with future outbreaks a possibility.
1: So I think that's a perfectly sensible approach. And it's not that you're banned from it. And the federal government is revising the informed consent and as long as you sign the informed consent that you're aware of the risk and you take it the, the chances of you getting this episode are vanishingly small you know they really are small its seriously get it, but it's small and if you choose to get it it makes a lot of sense. And, um, and I've had questions on TalkBack about that. A lot of young people are saying, "Well, I, you know, who are in high-risk occupations?" saying, I'll just have the, the Astra, thank you very much, and take the risk. The risk is not very high. So it's not an irrational thing to do. But you will have to sign a, the form saying, I know what the risks are, and I'm doing this with my eyes open.
0: And we do that with all drugs pretty much anyway. There's no drug that doesn't have side effects.
1: Correct. and But you don't you don't have to sign an informed consent when the doctor gives you a cholesterol or a drug, for example.
0: Fair enough. Well, anyway, that's all we've got time for on Coronacast today. But as always, send your questions in by going to abc.net.au slash coronacast and clicking on Ask Your Questions.
1: And we'll be back with the next episode of the vaccine drama tomorrow.
0: See you then.